the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark. Our guests today are so much more valuable. Bottom line is... There are certain rules that we follow to get a specific reward. And when we disobey those rules, we always suffer a specific consequence. There are rules to entrepreneurship, which we're going to talk about with Clayt Mask, who's the founder and CEO of Infusionsoft, coming up as our second guest. There are rules to following moral codes and finding that North Star so that we do everything in our power to stop sex trafficking. And we're going to have as our last guest today, Tim Ballard, who has organized and started his Operation Underground Railroad. But right now, let's go to a more um, more emotional, I can't be more emotional than the two guys I just mentioned, a more long-lasting. Now, that's not the word either. Let's just go straight to a hit songwriter who's one of my friends, but he's also one of my heroes. And when you hear me say that word and use that word hero, I don't take it lightly, although I've had so many of my heroes on my show. But when someone can take the same 12 basic, boring, naked notes that are used in music and take the same 26 letters of the English alphabet And with passion, creativity, and imagination, coin specific hit songs that not only change our world forever, but change the way in which we see our relationships, the way we love, our sense of urgency to get up early and stay up late. I honor those individuals, and they are few and far between. One of these individuals who has this amazing ability to take what is and turn it into something so much more magnificent than any of us could possibly imagine is my friend Tim Nichols. Tim Nichols is one of Nashville, Tennessee's most successful and respected songwriters, having had songs recorded by the biggest and brightest stars in country music. The Tim McGraw mega hit, Live Like You Are Dying, co-written by Nichols, won every major country award for which it was nominated, including the 2005 Grammy Award for Best Country Song. Tim also co-wrote Jody Messina's breakout hit, Heads, Carolina, Tales, California. Trace Atkins' first number one, This Ain't No Thinking Thing. Faith Hill's A Baby Changes Everything, which peaked at number one on the adult contemporary chart. Chris Young spent three weeks at the top of the charts with Nichols' The Man I Want to Be, which really resonated with me and my friends, while Dustin Lynch made his country radio debut with a Tim Nichols collaboration called Cowboys and Angels. What a great song. Tim currently lives in Nashville and enjoys photography and travel with his amazing and beautiful and tolerant, apparently, wife, Stacy. Tim Nichols, are you there, my friend? (laughs) Hey, Dan, how you doing, buddy? It's so great to be with you here today. 
I'm telling you what, you know, I've been snooping around Nashville for so many years and it was it was actually a year before I met you listening to the legend and watching the legend of Tim Nichols grow. So I I remember the first time I met you, I felt like I was in the presence of Michael Jackson. I didn't know if you wanted me to dance moonwalk or flipping get an autograph. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know if, I don't know about all that, but it sure is uh, it's been great to, to to get to know you over the years through a, through another, I think we initially met through another country songwriter buddy of ours, Billy Dean. Absolutely. So, uh, One night at the Bluebird with Mike Reed and with Chuck uh, Cannon and the gang, it was kind of a nice little entree to uh, to the, the the Nashville Mafia, the original Nashville Mafia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was a that was a good night. That was a good so, night. So let's just get right into your life, Tim. Where, when in your life did you discover that you had this amazing God-given talent to capture uh, an entire story and put it into a three-minute and 40-second song? Well, you know, the, the interesting thing is, I think, you know, you, you, I mean, we all you hear that phrase, it's all about the journey. And when I actually, I moved to Nashville from Springfield, Missouri, when I was 21, and I wanted to be in the music business, but I wanted to be, I wanted to be a singer. I moved to Nashville thinking that, that with plans of being a, being a country star, you know, like our, like our buddy Billy. But once I got here, I started going to the, to places like the Bluebird Cafe, and I began meeting other songwriters, and I would hear those guys play their songs, and, and I, when I was, you know, exposed to those guys and, and just saw the guys and girls and saw what they could do. It's like, it's like, I want to know, I want to know how to do that. And for part of me, again, that journey was, I discovered that I wasn't supposed to be a, a country music star. I was supposed to be a country music songwriter. And so that's been just realizing I've just been so fortunate you know, and I was fortunate early on to to realize that was the that was the path that I was supposed to be on, and so I just feel like I'm doing exactly what I was put here to do, and that's a you know I'm really so fortunate for that. You know, you remind me <clears throat> I spend so much time with the Air Force and. You know, there's something about a fighter pilot who has that invincible attitude and he kind of struts his stuff and walks to the aircraft like he sat on something hot. But I'm always, I've always been attracted to the maintainers who allow these, these pilots to fly. When I interviewed Magic Johnson in the midst of the Larry Bird era and the Michael Jordan era and playing on Showtime LA Lakers with, with Worthen and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of my heroes and friends, the most right. intriguing part of Magic Johnson's interview was growing up, his dad always told him that it was just as cool to make a cool pass, an awesome pass, as it was to make a cool shot. And that's what you just said, is at some point in your life, you realized how cool it is to be in the background, behind the right. stage, and use your right. talents to make someone else the best that they can be. How does that keep how does that keep a? How does that keep burning in your in your soul so that you never you never get the green eyed monster? You say, okay, today I need to write another song instead of working on a record deal. I need to write another song. How does that yeah. keep? How, how well, do you keep that going? Well, one thing is I I love to hear. I mean, there are some there are some just incredibly talented singers here in Nashville these days. So I I tell you what, just I I love hearing hearing those folks sing my songs on the radio. And I think for one thing, I think 
they they uh hey they just they do it better than I could. So I feel like let me let me write the song. I'll write the songs and then give it to give it to one of these amazing singers walking around Nashville. And uh, but then and then the other thing is in terms of that that, that little um, performing that performing bug that I still have. I'm able to to kind of scratch that itch, but by playing here in Nashville, we have song we do songwriter shows. And the Bluebird Cafe is probably the most famous songwriter club here in here in Nashville or in the country, for that matter. But the other thing is now, and I think part of it is because of the show Nashville, it has exposed the country um, more so to songwriters and kind of you know what 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 a songwriter's life looks like. And and so I we we do all sorts of shows. Another big thing is like corporate shows. They're all yeah. Nashville is kind of the it city these days, and all kind of, all sorts of groups come to Nashville and they want a uniquely Nashville experience. Well, there's really nothing more uniquely Nashville than being a part of a songwriter night where you get a few songwriters together and they tell their sto- the stories behind their songs, where the ideas come from and how songs get recorded. And so I do a lot of that. And that's, that kind of, uh, like I said, takes care of, gives me my uh, performance fix, so to speak. Absolutely. How do people get a hold of you if they want to hire you as a corporate guy? And that's, you know, I'm going to bat with for, for you and a couple of our mutual friends and, uh, you add so much to the corporate uh, event outside of Nashville, not just there. So you and your and your beautiful wife Stacy can travel a mm-hmm. little bit and and touch the we world in, in various places. How can people get a hold of you to hire you to do a corporate gig and maybe even lean on you to put together the entire songwriters yeah, round sure. if they want somebody more than just you? We do that a lot. Sure, my you can reach me. My email is tnichols at thismusic.com. I'm all over on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. There's all the social media things. I'm easy. I'm I'm easy to get a hold of. But my and email. That, my, that's my personal email address. T Nichols at thismusic.com. Um, feel free to shoot me a line there, or get, or like I said, reach out to on social media. And uh, we do a lot of that. It's something that we really enjoy. And I think again, for so many. Um, corporations and groups it's just such a completely different experience and we've yeah. had, you know i think we've had people tell us well we've seen we had our our company we we've seen kiss and we've seen the rolling stones and we've seen you know this act and that act and, and we got to tell you this little this intimate thing that you all did was it, it was just such it was amazing we just yeah. we have our memories of that seem like are stronger than these big, you know, the big stadium act, so to speak. And yep. it's just a different, it's just a different experience. I totally agree. And, you know, just so the listeners aren't offended by you, you put the comma after you said, I'm easy, and then you paused to get a hold of. And I just want to make sure everybody realizes, <laughs> no, you're not easy, <laughs> but you're fun to get a hold of. A little different. Exactly maybe maybe right. that's another, that's right. maybe that's another country song at another day. So let's hey, get you into your inspiration. Yeah, yeah. So, how do you how do you t- share with us the songwriter's morning? What do you do to prepare yourself to go into a songwriting appointment? You know, I think for those of us that we, we write every day, and so it's almost like you know, I think a lot of people feel like it's a, it's all about 
inspiration, that it's inspiration-based. And, and it's wonderful when, when inspiration presents itself, but it's so much more, you know, dedication and, and perspiration. It's showing up. I always say that, you know, to, to write a, you know, to be a songwriter, to be a successful songwriter, it's a, it's a matter of you must be present to win. The day Craig and I wrote Live Like You Were Dying, we did not have a clue that we were going to write that song that day. And I had just I'd heard a story the day before about a friend of ours who had had a health scare. And so Craig knew the guy. And so I was just re, I was just sharing the story with him, not thinking a thing about a song. So I think, it, again, it's just it's you, you must be present to win. And it's just about being present. And because we're writing songs every day, so, so it's output every day. It's output. So consequently, when we're not in a room writing songs, for me, it's about input. And that input is whether it's, whether it's uh, listening to shows like yours or reading books or going to movies, but it's about, it's about quality input and it's about experiences. I want to, if, if there's an experience that I haven't had, I, I always say yes. Hey, would you like to do X, Y, Z? And if I haven't done it, yes, because I want to run whatever that experience is through my songwriter filter, so to speak, because it, in hopes that this possibly the song's going to come from that. I love it. And you know what? You just gave me a great idea. <clears throat> let's get a couple of our buddies, Billy Dean and Jimmy Uri, and let's all run from the bulls over in Spain. And there's a good chance that you could write a hit, you know, maybe heavy metal song, ah, screaming the entire way down the road. If that's what inspires you, I'm all go. I'm, I'm all for it. I'll buy the tickets if I can just videotape. This will be good. You know you know what? Talking about that, our, our, our buddy Kix Brooks, who's half of the CMA all-time most successful duo, Brooks and Dunn, he did that. It's been a couple oh, years no. ago. He went, he went to Pamplona, went to Spain, and then <laughs> ran with the Bulls. He did it. What yeah. a hoot! I, yeah, and that's when he wrote the song. Would you bring me my brown pants? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's another country hit that we'll work on. Hey, we're starting to wind down, Mister Nichols. Let's talk about that the, the the story about writing "Live Like You're Dying," and uh, yeah. then I want to go right to listen sure. to Tim McGraw's performance of that amazing song. Like you said, it won every award and every every you know, award on the planet, but more significantly, it touched hundreds of thousands of lives, Tim. That's just got to blow your mind every day when you think about it. And it's still, I mean, you know, on the shows that we play, of all the shows that we play throughout the year, without fail, I mean, without fail, at the end of every show, someone will just feel compelled to come up and tell and tell us what that song means to them or to a friend or, or to a loved one in their life and how they've taken it to they've taken that song to heart and like i said it was a wonderful day it started out just like any other day the day we wrote that song started like any any other day and since then it's really been like no other day uh-huh. Craig, that we've had and again it began with i was just sharing a story with him about a friend of ours who had had a health scare and thankfully it just turned out to be a mix-up at the lab but for a few days this guy I mean, they basically told him that his days were numbered. And, and then that reminded Craig of a story that he'd heard on NPR about a woman who'd been diagnosed with cancer. And she said while she had time, one of the things she wanted to do was go 
mountain climbing in the Rockies. Well, this old buddy of ours, he was he he had always thought about skydiving, and so when he got that word, that's that was that motivated him to to jump out of a plane for the first time. So we so we had that we had the skydiving and the mountain climbing and. And we started tossing around lines like Dying to Live uh, and lines like that. And Craig, Craig spit out, live like you were dying. And it's like, dude, I love that. Let's write oh, wow. that. Let's I, just got that goose, I just got goosebumps when you said it again. Isn't that magical? Wow. Yeah. So, and, and we, we knew that Tim McGraw was, we finished it, you know, and we knew that Tim McGraw was starting to look for songs for a new project. And we knew that his dad was, Tug McGraw was, was finding a terminal illness, but but we weren't thinking about that when we wrote the song or when we were writing it. But but Tim Craig had had success with Tim before. He'd written several hits for him before, and you know we you know I joke that songwriters we tend to think that our latest song is our greatest song, and so we always want our latest greatest songs to be recorded by the biggest stars in the business and. Tim McGraw kind of being at the top of the food chain, so to speak, and he was starting to look for songs for a new project, and so that's the first place we went, and he heard it, and he said, I love this, I'm going to record it, and he did, it was the first single in the title of the album, and it was, uh, like I said, it's been, it's just done more than any of us, Craig or Tim or myself, have ever imagined, and I think as a songwriter, you know, you hope, or, or any sort of artist, you, you know, you hope that one of a piece of your work will will outlast you, that will still be around once after, once you're long gone. And if and I think for me, live like you were dying is probably going to come as certainly come as close to 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 that to hitting that mark as probably I've ever had, or probably ever will have. Yeah, it's like the it's like the quote. You know, the goal is not to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Good for you, brother. Congratulations. Well, let's go to this. uh, Let's go to the the performance of Tim McGraw. And as soon as that's over, I want you to stay on the line. Let's just come back and uh, kind of wrap up our time together here. So uh, that'd be great if we can. um, I'm sending a message right here. And let's go to <clears throat> the song of Tim McGraw. And if it doesn't uh, <clears throat> come on immediately, <clears throat> then I think I'll just immediately default to my, you know, I'll sing my medley of nine <laughs> Gershwin tunes that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my early forties With a lot of life before me When a moment came that stopped me on a dime I spent most of the next days Looking at the x-rays Talking about the options And talking about sweet time I asked him when it sank in this might really be the real end How's it hit you when you get that kind of news? Man, what'd you do? And he said I went skydiving I went 
Rocky Mountain climbing I went 2.7 seconds On a bull named Blue Manchu And I looked deeper And I spoke sweeter And I gave forgiveness I've been denying And he said someday I hope you get the chance To live like you were dying Said I was finally the husband And most of the time I wasn't And I became a friend a friend would like to have And all of a sudden going fishing Wasn't such an imposition And I went three times that year I lost my dad Well, I, I finally read the good book And I took a good long hard look at what I'd do if I could do it all again And then I went skydiving I went Rocky Mountain climbing I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Blue Manchu And I looked deeper and I And he said, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. Like tomorrow was a gift and you got eternity. Think about what you do with it. What did you do with it? What did I do with it? What would I do with it? Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.7 seconds on a full name Blue Manchu. And I loved deeper and I spoke sweeter and I watched an eagle as it was flying. And he said, Someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com radio network, the Influencers Channel. My guest has been Tim Nichols, Grammy Award-winning songwriter, superstar husband, amazing friend, great humanitarian. Tim, thank you for writing that song that's clearly um, emotional 
touch <laughs> all of our lives. Look, listen to me, man. So one more time, how do people get a hold of you? And as an advocate, as a professional speaker, I challenge every listener to figure out a way to bring in Tim Nichols to do a corporate event. He'll be worth every dime you spend, every every amount of, of effort and resource you use to invest in, in changing the lives of your people. Tim, how do we get a hold of you? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. do. We do a lot of that, and it's something that we just so enjoy and love to do. It. Sure, just reach out to me at tnichols at thismusic.com, T-H-I-S-M-U-S-I-C, tnichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S, at thismusic.com. You come to Nash- if your group is coming to Nashville, that we'd love to speak to you. We'd love to, we'd love to help you out with an event. Or, or, hey, I can get on a plane. We can come to you. Either way, it's all good. But, Dan, thanks again. Man, thanks so much for having me, and thanks for all uh, the great work you're doing with your with the Art of Significance. And, man, just keep up the good work, buddy. Thanks. I'll see you in Nashville, but let's talk in the next week or so. I want you back on the show. We'll talk about more of your hit songs. Thanks, brother. Anytime. So, say the word. Thanks, brother. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, pal. So before we go before we go to break, don't go anywhere. My next guest is Clayt Mask, who's the founder and uh, CEO of Infusionsoft. And it would sound cheesy if I get emotional introducing this human being, but the reason why I've invited him to be on this show and the reason why he is followed by Tim Ballard, Ballard and why I had my good friend Tim Nichols set the, the, the tone, the emotional table for this next interview. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. 
You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. My next guest is Clayt Mask. How cool is that name? CEO of the internationally recognized Infusionsoft. His passion for small business stems from his personal experience taking Infusionsoft from a struggling startup to an eight-time Inc. 500-5000 winner. As CEO, Clayt is leading Infusionsoft on its mission to simplify growth for millions of small businesses worldwide, and we're going to get into the explanation of what that means. Under Clayt's leadership, Infusionsoft has landed four rounds of venture capital led by Bain Capital, Signal Peak, and Goldman Sachs. Clayt was named an Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year finalist, a top 100 small business influencer by Small Business Trends, one of the 100 most intriguing Entrepreneurs of 2013 by Goldman Sachs and Business Leader of the Year by the Arizona Technology Council. With a BA in economics from Arizona State University and an MBA and JD from Brigham Young University, Clayt is a national speaker and co-author of the New York Times bestseller, Conquer the Chaos, How to Grow a Successful Small Business Without Going Crazy. Clayt Mask, it's an honor to just have you on the air. You amaze me. Your reputation precedes you. And welcome, brother. Welcome. Thanks, Dan. It's great to be with you. That's a very kind intro. (laughs) Well, I had to cut it back by about 19 pages. I swore your mother wrote it or somebody (laughs) did because I, I had to sift through it to get it down to a short enough deal to not take precious time from our conversation. Let's get right into it, Clayt. I I know people want to know... If you were a regular Joe, I mean, as strange as that sounds, as a professional speaker, we have to we have to answer two questions with every audience. Why should I listen to you? It's the credibility piece, but more significantly, can I do it too? It's the possibility piece. So yeah. I want to know how you got started. Talk to us about your family, your cool name. Apparently, it's Portuguese for stud muffin hunk of burning love or something. I don't know what Clayton Mask means, but you could you could lie and nobody would know. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm the third. I'm. It's a family name. My uh, my. I don't know where my uh, great grandparents came up with it, but they called my grandpa Clayton and. So I, I I became the third after my dad. And where so, did you grow up? So I grew up in, in uh, I was born in Southern California. I grew up in Mesa, Arizona, and uh, lived most of my life in Arizona. Um, but, you know, really, you, you mentioned I went, went to Arizona State and went to 
uh, did my graduate school in, in Utah at BYU, did a law degree and an MBA there. But really, for me, it kind of started, I, I, when I was growing up, I saw a lot of my friends' uh, parents running their own businesses, and I, there was just a certain draw to it. I was, I was very intrigued. I think just like, like anybody, I felt like you got to be your own boss, and there was you know, not a care in the world because there was nobody telling you what to do. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had kind of a, a childhood ambition and desire to run my own business at some point. And then I went through a lot of schooling and got married and started having, having a family. And uh, I think at some point along the way, kind of put my small, my small business ownership dream on the back burner and started working in a bigger company, but quickly realized that small business is what I love and I wanted to get back to it. And in particular, I wanted to, I wanted to improve the efficiency and effectiveness of small businesses through technology. And it was, it was at a software company shortly out of graduate school that I kind of caught the bug and get, just got really intrigued by what automation could do to help small businesses grow and, and, provide some, some uh, reality to that dream that business owners have of freedom that's really hard, to ca- really hard to capture once you get into the grind and start running a business. Yes, sir. But the one piece that uh, most listeners would never have an opportunity to witness, I had an opportunity to witness, and that is getting a VIP tour of the Infusionsoft headquarters office. And so you just said that you've been intrigued by in improving the efficiencies and effectiveness in, in, in the operations of small business. And we'll get right into the heart and soul of what Infusion does to help us accomplish that goal. But you also are passionate, creative, and imaginative. Ladies and gentlemen, when you walk into the Infusionsoft building, the color code matters. The football <laughs> field in the middle of the of the of the commons area the signage on the walls, the famous quotes by entrepreneurs and by inspired individuals. You can't even get up to go to the restroom for a comfort break without returning back to your cubicle or returning back to your magnificent office more inspired because of something or someone around you. So how did you come up with this passion, creativity, and imagination side of you when you're focused on the left-brain technological side of life? Yeah, you know, I think that's part of what just fascinates me about uh, technology and entrepreneurship is you've got to have a you've, you've got to strike that balance of left brain, left brain and right brain, and there's a lot of creativity that goes into it. And you know, I think a lot of times people would think that that maybe technology isn't that way, but really to solve problems to help small businesses grow and do that with software, it really is quite a, a creative job. And so. You know, to answer your question directly, I worked at a software company out of out of uh, graduate school, and I I felt the energy and the creativity and the buzz and the enthusiasm for solving hard problems, and and you know, think there were new challenges every day, and that just really appe- appealed to me. It was so much more intriguing to me than the the practice of law or or going to work in a big you know large Fortune 500 company, and so. I just got I got bit by that um, that technology uh, bug that just exists around fast growing hype you know fast paced fast paced and um, 
high energy companies. I just got so so in, uh, enthralled by it. And when I was at that company, I I realized, you know, when I start my own business, I want to make sure we have this, we capture this energy and and have this um, enthusiasm just kind of reverberating it through, throughout the office. And so when I I teamed up with my my wife's two brothers to start this software company here in Arizona. Um, I told them, look, we want to have a great culture. We want to have a great, a great feel to the company. And I had seen a little bit about how to do that and had learned about it from a guy that had hired me. And we, we just set out to, we just made that a priority. And frankly, we, we just were very intentional about it. And I'm fortunate that I've got co-founders who value that and wanted to create it as well. Yeah, I meet you, and the dress code is is pretty laid back, and yet it's very respectful, and and the honor code there to you know you're not a micromanager, you 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 inspire entrepreneurship, not just entrepreneurship. It seems like in every corner of your building, in every, in every corner of your enterprise, people are inspired to to use their creativity. So congratulations. Let's talk for a Thank moment you. about Infusionsoft because it truly, as one of your partners, as as someone who pays money every month so that you actually feel obligated to be on my radio show, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I want everybody to know about Infusionsoft. Talk, to, put it in a nutshell. What does it do, and why does it do what it does? It is the most incredible hybrid contact management. That's not even doing it justice. What it has done to revolutionize my small business is incredible. Talk to us a little bit about its its beginning, its functionality in a nutshell. What do you actually do, and why should everybody sign up to become a partner, a member of Infusionsoft family? Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing it. You know, it's small businesses uh, have a really hard time growing uh, because of all of the complexities and challenges and the hats that the that the people the business owners wearing it's just really tough to grow us to grow a small business and so our our software is the growth system for small businesses what we do is we automate the sales and marketing process so that um, a business can grow get more customers serve more customers effectively get repeat sales if you if you take kind of what I'm saying and you know if you if for those who understand sort of the flavors of software out there, when I say our software is the growth system for small business, it has a customer relationship management or CRM component. It has a marketing automation component, sales automation, e-commerce to sell online. So it has all of these things that you hear about in kind of bigger business software, but. When, the way that we look at it is we, we just bring all of the pieces together of the sales and marketing to help the business grow more effectively. And when you get right down to it, what causes small businesses to not grow the way that they, that the way that they can or should is a breakdown in follow-up. It's literally the, the, the job of following up with prospects and customers and, and partners and what happens in small business life is that we get so busy doing so many different things. And I've been there. I've, I've been there owning a business myself on a, in a couple of different situa- situations and certainly here with Infusionsoft in the early days. But we get so busy with all the different things we're doing that leads and customers slip through the cracks. And we don't follow up the way that we want to or should. 
and it's for a bunch of different reasons. We've got a lot of different tools we're trying to use to do it, all that do a little piece of the job. We've got a lot of fires we're trying to put out. We forget sometimes. We don't have the manpower to do it. You name it. There are all kinds of reasons. But when you get right down to it, small businesses don't grow because they don't follow up effectively. And if you simplify dramatically what it is that Infusionsoft is, it's a follow-up system. But it's done in a way that is very personal. It's done across the customer life cycle. And it gives the business owner the visibility and the control to follow up effectively and stop having those leads and customers slip through the cracks. And when you do, when you use Infusionsoft, you, you not only fix your follow-up, but you grow sales, you save time, and you apply the amazing power of automation to sort of replicate you and your employees so that you don't have to spend so much money hiring more and more people to do the job. That's, <clears throat> that's amazing. You know, I, I just want to take a quick little commercial break to pay for, pay for our time uh, spent here, brother. But when we come back, you know, I'm an entertainer, you're an entertainer. We're all, you know, trying to focus in on what we do best. And there's a great quote that Frank Sinatra never set up his own microphone. In other words, we need to focus in on what we do best and then delegate to someone else so that they can do what they do best. And the attitude is when the water and the lake goes up, all the boats rise together. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. I want to, to, to let it incubate and, and percolate in fairness to you to think about it when we come back from break. Question is, in this high-tech world, when I entered the Infusionsoft headquarters office, it was an analog business in a high-tech world. It was, it was a high-touch environment in a high-tech world how do you how do you keep that that balance alive and number two what inspires you what keeps you up at night what allows you what what fires you up to wake up early and keep this drive alive that you've apparently had your whole life without getting burned out this is dan clark voiceamerica.com the influencers channel my guest is the amazing Clayt Mask, founder and CEO of Infusionsoft. Let's go to break and we'll come back in just a moment. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number. 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality positive thought, current events and even more about your favorite host It's just a click away at vapresspass.com That's vapresspass.com VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. 
Influence is often inherited, but more often created from our actions. The Voice America Influencers Channel brings together those who are creating and leading the way and those who will create the road from nowhere in the future. Being an influencer isn't always about being the most important person in the world. It's about being the most influential person in the world around you. A better manager, a better friend, a better marketer, or strategic planner. The Voice America Influencers Channel is about becoming better and earning influence. Be an influencer. Join us today. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. With our guest, Clayton Mask, who's the founder and CEO of Infusionsoft, one of the most intriguing human beings on our planet. And, you know, as a, as a communicator, what we're trying to do is make sure that we inspire everyone with whom we come in contact to engage us in both the left brain and the right brain. And as I travel the world, it's hard for me to come across a leader perspective, I put it into perspective, an actual leader who is exactly the same offstage as he is on stage, who is exactly the same at home as he is at work who understands the significance of engaging the left brain cognitive in a psychobabbling neurotechnical side of life and the right brain touchy-feely relational emotional laughing crying side. But I have a friend, Clayt Mask, on, on the line. Clayt, this has been a magnificent interview. As promised to the listeners before the break, talk to us about how do you maintain this, this, uh, this significant balance of high touch in a high-tech world? Yeah, you know it's uh, it's a great question, and for for us, you know what what it comes down to is we really recruit uh, and we, we we attract and hire people who love helping small businesses succeed. So if you think about you know what makes what brings the the high tech and high touch world together, it's it's just caring about what the customer is trying to do. And the thing that is uh, so fun about small business is that it's so personal. And so what, what I love about helping small businesses succeed is we get to have a significant impact on the lives of our customers because for them, the difference between increasing their sales a certain amount or reducing the amount of time that they spend at the office the difference between doing that or not is the difference of going on a vacation or sending your kid to college or buying the house that you wanted or um, fill in the blanks. You know, it's very, very personal. And it's, it's uh, also the difference between an entrepreneur that feels fulfilled and excited and, and enthusiastic versus one who feels burned out and, and ground down and frustrated by the the lack of freedom that that he or she was looking for in the first place. So it's a very personal thing we get to do and we hire and train and let go of people if they're you know based on based on our employees connection to 
that that purpose that we have in our company to help small businesses succeed. So, you know, the the succinct way to put it is it's our purpose and our values and our mission that bring together the the high tech world with in a, in a high touch way to help small businesses succeed. And um, when you come into our office and you feel that energy and that enthusiasm, it's it, you see the colors, you see the things on the wall, you see a bunch of reinforcements of what's actually at the foundation. And the foundation is our purpose, our values, and our mission. And it's all about helping small businesses succeed and simplifying growth for millions of small businesses worldwide. So let me divert. <clears throat> I'm still going to ask you what keeps you up at night. Where do you want to be five years from now? How do you want to be remembered? You know, live like you're dying as the song was was performed by Tim McGraw before we came on the air. But let me derail my questioning and ask you, if for the millennials that tune in, what do they need to do to prepare themselves to be attracted and recruited by Infusionsoft? What are you looking for when a young man or a young woman walks in your door with a resume and all these letters behind their name from degrees and advanced degrees? What do you really look for? What do you need from some millennial and some Gen Xer to to fit into your amazing, unique, and, and significant culture? Yeah. First and foremost, they've got to have a passion to help small businesses succeed. Most of our employees have either run a business before or worked in their, worked in their own family business or in a, a tightly held you know, small business, and they've got, they just have a desire to help small business owners and, and their employees. You know, there's a certain underdog mentality, I suppose, that, that many of our employees share, but it's just that passion to help small businesses succeed that's first and foremost. Then the next thing is that they've got some skill and ability to simplify growth for small businesses, to make this job of growing a business and not going crazy a little bit easier. So beyond kind of the, that, that baseline passion and then a skill set that, that can help small businesses grow, and that could be as a software developer, it could be as a tech support rep, it could be as a graphic designer, it could be as an accountant, you name it. We, we hire all across the disciplines. But after you get past sort of the passion and the skill, we look for certain characteristics. We want people who, who love entrepreneurs and, and you know, our, these are our values basically. And it, it comes down to empowering entrepreneurs, to having a listening and caring service orientation, um, to, to do what they say they'll do, um, to, be, to be one that faces challenges with optimism, that's always learning and growing. You know, we want people that are curious and hungry and excited to learn and apply those learnings to help small businesses grow and be successful. Wow. <clears throat> and I bet the applications come in by the hour. We do get a lot of applications. That is true. Yes, sir. So let's talk about reality. You know, uh, as, as I, I handpicked these Grammy Award-winning songwriter friends of mine, because as I said at the very beginning of the show, I'm intrigued by how someone can take the 12 notes of music and the 26 letters of the alphabet and coin a song that changes our lives, that inspires us. As Trish Yearwood reminds us, the song remembers when. So mm-hmm. how do you want to be remembered? You know, if you had one hour to live, I, I've taught public speaking uh, for 10 years at the university level. And 
my final examination is always the last lecture. And when someone of your background, someone of your stature, someone of your present circumstance comes into my life, I want to know, how do you want to be remembered? What's the most important thing in your life that you want to teach all of us, especially if your children were tuned in today? What's the message, brother? Uh, great, great question. So, you know, generally I want to be uh, remembered as a great Christian, a great family man. And, um, you know, so then specifically to your question of what would I want people to take away, I'll, I'll share a, a business one and then a more personal one. On the business one, I would say follow-up works. Um, you know, I, I, I've said this many times. I, on my tombstone, I hope that after it reads, he was a great family man, great husband, great father, I hope it'll say follow-up works. You know, it, it just, it's <laughs> a thing that causes businesses to not grow, and I want businesses to grow and be successful, and I, and I just, you know, I desire so much whether, you know, whatever solution people use, uh, get, get follow-up in place. It, it literally changes the game, and automated follow-up does it in a, in a beautiful, simplistic way. So that, you know, follow-up works. And I, by the way, I believe that's true all over relationships. It's not just in business relationships, but we frequently neglect relationships because we're not, we're not staying in touch. We're not, um, we're not present with people. So, you know, that's, that's on the business side. On the, on the personal side, um, you know, I, what I would say is I think that, uh, Gratitude and humility are the two companion characteristics that completely uh, that completely dictate how a person's life is is going to play out. You look at you know you, we hear all the cliche things about attitude determines altitude and and those things are all true. Um, you know there's a lot of a lot of phrases like that, but underneath it, I believe, are the the twin. Uh, sort of companion characteristics of gratitude and humility, and I hope that you know when I'm when I'm gone, the legacy I leave is one of being a grateful person and a humble person, and I hope that my kids and those that I care about most will apply those characteristics in their life because that's what creates a great attitude. That's what creates resiliency and being being able to bounce back. That's what creates great friendships and relationships and the things that mean a lot in life. So. That's what I would share is those twin characteristics. I love it. Let's talk as we wind down our time. Let's talk about your book. Um, you as an author, as a fellow author, people are always asking us to record what we've said or how do I get a copy of that story or that experience or that or that case study. Teach us how you came up with the book, how you came up with the clever title, and what's the purpose of the book? What will the readers get from your book? Yeah, so Conquer the Chaos, How to Grow a Successful Small Business Without Going Crazy. I, we, uh, My co-founder and I, Scott, we wrote it because we were asked over and over and over for advice on running a small business, partly because we had achieved some success in doing it and partly because we work with small business owners across the world. So we wrote the book. It's hard to believe it's been eight or nine, about eight years now. Um, and I, you know, it's funny. I go back and and review portions of it at time and and at times, and it's just it's every bit as relevant today, if not more so. But you know, we wrote it because we care about entrepreneurs, we care about business owners, and the struggle. the 
you know, I'll get personal for a second. We we have experienced and we've seen up close the the pain and difficulty of trying to run a business and have a successful life. And the truth is, you know, business ownership is really alluring and exciting and the the draw of the freedom that we can have as we run our own business is so enticing. But the reality is usually something very different. It's actually quite dark, quite heavy, quite challenging, especially in the first few years. And it, it's the, the toll that it takes on relationships, on health, on finances, um, on every aspect of the business owner's life is is very heavy and, and very dark in many cases. And so we wrote it because we want business we want business owners to be able to break through that, to get past all the chaos, to be able to have a successful business and a successful life. And so we broke it down into um, three mindset strategies that we that we found after several years, and we've only found to be even more true, are critical. If the no matter what the the, the business strategy is, if you don't have the mindset strategy right, uh, you're fighting an uphill battle. So. We broke it into three mindset strategies and then into three system strategies and um, we help business owners and, and their teams to understand how you can get have a great business and a great life and you know not go crazy in the process. So whatever worth whatever value you place on my recommendation, every single young millennial Gen Xer, those of us who are on the fringe of baby boomership, we, it sounds like we need to read your book, and especially in our economy, especially in the growth economy. So what do we do? We just go on Amazon.com. That's probably the best way. Or do we patronize yeah, Barnes get, & Nobles? I'm kind of a bookstore guy, too. So You can do that as well. If you're a business owner or, or thinking about becoming one, you ought to read it. It's it's pretty powerful, and it's pretty straight, like down-to-earth, straightforward, a lot of, lot of fun stories in it. Um, but a lot of practical advice, and you know, one of one of the key things in there is obviously to follow up and and create systems to follow up effectively. All right, Clay. As we wind down, I, I'm sure everybody wants to know how do they find someone who represents Infusionsoft? How do they become a partner? How do they how do they take advantage of your amazing um, your amazing technology to to follow up at the highest level. I, I I can't sing your praises enough. My goodness, Infusionsoft has literally tripled my revenues and has kept me in contact with with customers. Actually, brother, it's proven true that the very best customers are your current customers. That is and very the true. Statist- and the statistics that we've all heard from every guru on the planet that it costs so much more to find a new customer than it is to retain and upsell a current customer. You've proven that true day in and day out, having the opportunity to be an Infusionsoft partner. So as a personal testimony, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us know how we can get in touch with someone who can also help every listener to take advantage of Infusionsoft. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're feeling like your leads and customers are slipping through the cracks and you're kind of pulling your hair out trying to keep a systematic way to follow up with everybody and grow your business and do it in as, with as much automation as possible, um, go to Infusionsoft.com. Uh, we have a bunch of learning resources there. We have uh, a, a free trial opportunity there. We have a phone number where you can talk and just talk with one of our one of our consultants that help business owners as they're making this transition of going from very 
a very manual, time-intensive, um, uh, very time-consuming, labor-intensive process to a more efficient, automated growth system. So um, Infusionsoft.com is the, is the place to go for either learning resources or to, to uh, call and talk with somebody or, or watch a demo or, or get a free trial. Thanks. And for those of you who are curious, as I am, of what Clayt mask must look like, well, what you do is you either look up in the dictionary the, the, the name of a left brain genius with a personality, or <laughs> you look up Infusionsoft, you Google it, and hopefully there's a leadership uh, menu there, and you can see this magnificent human being has been my guest, Clayt Mask. You know, I'm originally from Mesa, so we have we have mutual friends, we have mutual bloodlines, I suppose. But anytime I have an opportunity to interact with you, I'm going to take advantage of it. You are clearly one of the most inspirational, fascinating human beings I've ever met. And I appreciate you taking so much time today. I need to mention your Emily, your right hand, Emily's name on the air. Facetiously, I said, Emily, you need combat pay. How long has t- how, how long has Clayt worked for you? And we both laughed in your office, if you remember that. But you and yep. I know there's more truth than humor and Emily is, is so extraordinary. I told her I was going to spend 30 minutes getting her a raise and end with a meaningful poem. Well, I just did, my <laughs> friend. So I can't wait to see you again, Clay. Thanks for the inspiration in my personal life, especially and especially in my entrepreneurial endeavor. God bless you, brother, and thank you so much for spending time. This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. And my guest has been the amazing Clay Mask, who's founder CEO of Infusionsoft. Don't go anywhere. My next guest is Tim Ballard, as I call him, Tim Ballard, who is one of the more inspirational human beings on our planet. As a former CIA operative, he single-handedly has created what is called the Operation Underground Railroad, where he puts his own life at stake. He invests his own resources to stop sex trafficking across the world and he has some intriguing stories and he will be my next guest again dan clark voiceamerica.com go into break and we'll be back in a moment hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, 
Search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest. Or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Yeah, welcome back. You know, my uh, next guest... His name's Tim Ballard, and we're experiencing some technical difficulties. He's in New York City right now outside of my, my studio, and so hopefully he'll be able to call in when he can call in. But I would be a hypocrite if I couldn't rise to the occasion and uh, at least prove that I don't just practice what I preach. I preach only what I practice and uh, take some of my quotes that I've coined over the years and hopefully prove the validity of, of uh, and the practical application of what they mean. The one that comes to mind right now, crisis does not make or break the man or woman. It just reveals the true character within. And as an athlete who played football for 13 years, I've learned something that's so incredibly important. And I think it ties in with my guest, Clayt Mask from Infusionsoft that we just got off the air with. And it ties in with my first guest, the Grammy Award-winning hit songwriter, Tim Nichols. The quote is simple. Under pressure, you don't step up your game. You succumb to the level 
of your preparation, training, and practice, which means pressure is not something that is naturally there. It's created when you question your own ability. And when you know what you've been trained to do, there's never any question, which means exhaustion is acceptable. Falling is acceptable. Crawling is acceptable. Puking is acceptable. Blood, sweat, and tears are acceptable. Discouragement, disappointment, and sadness are acceptable. But quitting, blaming, complaining, and quitting are not acceptable. That's why we train and practice so hard. When I'm around the military, I'm so inspired because they have the guts to run towards the sound of the guns, not because it's expected by others, but because it's demanded of themselves. And so what we need to understand is that we have a limited number of minutes and hours in our day, a limited number of days in our, in our years. And I don't know if there's an ecclesiastical religious leader on the planet who can definitively answer, are our days numbered? Does our life have an expiration date? But regardless of what the answer is, I believe that it's our responsibility to maximize our human performance, which means we maximize our service before self. Remember what we said earlier on the show today? The goal is not to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. The goal is to leave a legacy, to make our lives matter and not just make a living, but to make a difference. I really believe that this show has epitomized uh, the answer to the question, does your life matter and what must we do to keep pushing forward to become everything that we were born to be? And give it everything we've got when less would be sufficient. Having said that, um, is uh, is Tim on the line, boss? Let me uh, talk to my uh, engineer here very, very quickly. Very yeah, cool. Tim, you stud muffin hunk of burning love. Oh, you're kind. Thank you. <laughs> no, I appreciate you calling in from New York. I know you're so busy and your time's valuable. Let me give the audience, the listening audience, a snapshot of who this man is, who this legend is, who you really are. Timothy Ballard, I've been calling you Ballard and Ballard because I have two of my closest friends who go by both pronunciations. <laughs> and I don't want to yank your chain because if anyone, any listener goes in and just checks out your 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 headshot, your body shot they could see that you could rip my lips off and I don't want to like challenge that at all. <laughs> so if it's, is it Ballard? I mean, if it is, then you must shop at JC Penier and maybe go to Target or if it's Ballard, it sounds more it's like Ballard. it's Ballard. I was hoping you'd say yeah. that because you don't look like a French guy. You look like some bad <laughs> mofo who wants to rip somebody's lips off or doing something bad to a young girl. <laughs> Timothy Ballard is the founder and CEO of Operation Underground Railroad. O-U-R. Ballard began his career at the Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, where he worked cases dealing with terrorism in Latin America. He has spent over a decade working as a special agent for the Department of Homeland Security, where he was assigned to the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force and deployed as an undercover operative for the U.S. Child Sex Tourism Jump Team. Talk about making your life 
matter and leaving a legacy, live like you're dying, Ballard left his government job in December of 2013 and started the successful nonprofit Operation Underground Railroad. Since inception, the organization has been able to rescue 670 victims and arrested 280 sex traffickers around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't give this guy enough accolade. Tim Ballard, welcome to my show, brother. Thank you so much for joining me all the way from New York City. Thank you for having me on the show. It's, it's an honor. Now, talk to me. Let's go right, right to your story. Where did you grow up? How does one join the CIA? Well, I, I grew up in Southern California, um, and uh, I, I, somewhere along the line, wanted to uh, get involved in, in, uh, in, in combating crime. Uh, so I actually went to a, a graduate school that, in, in Monterey, California that was a feeder school into intelligence uh, work. That's the, uh, uh, the Monterey Institute of International Studies and got recruited there, and that's where it kind of started. Yeah, but you can. We're on the air, and we're friends. Weren't you intrigued at a young age by like, you know, James Bond 007 because you looked like him, and you have his <laughs> eyes, and you have his muscles, and you have his suave fair and his charm. Come on, at some point you said that, that would look, that would be cool if I could be the new oh, 007. Sure. Come on, come clean. Sure. When I when I when I was a teenager, for sure, I I watched those movies and thought, yeah, that'd be cool to do something like that. So I think there was some some inspiration there <laughs> okay so when you graduate from this amazing school in southern cal then what happened well i'm, I'm sorry i was working at the, at the at the cia and after 9-11 had happened and i my my whole career my education was based on terrorism anti-terrorism work uh and i i learned that one of the terrorists had come up through the um calexico uh, california out of a uh, port of entry out of mexicali mexico and I thought, wouldn't it be cool to be down on the border and, and, and protect our nation's borders and investigate those kind of crimes? Uh, and so I, I transferred out with the creation of the Department of Homeland Security after uh, 9-11, and I got posted down exactly where I wanted to at the, at the office in Calexico, California. And I only got to do that work for six months. I was, it was exciting. I was crawling through tunnels and, and, and chasing, uh, you know, narco traffickers and terrorists and potential terrorists. And six months into that position, my boss called me in and he said, uh, hey, we're starting a new child crimes unit, and we want you to be one of the um, founding members of this, of this unit. And I told my boss, you're crazy. I, I will never do this kind of work. Uh, in fact, I had promised my wife in the academy that I would not work child crimes just because it's so dark. It's so horrific uh, to, to watch what, what, what is being done to kids. And um, I went home and told my wife, you won't believe what they asked me to do. And, of course, I'm going to say no. And, and she said, well, good. You, you better say no. Uh, and, and, you know, the next morning I remember looking in the mirror. This is embarrassing. But looking in the mirror, practicing my uh, rejection speech to, to my boss, who was about 6'5", <laughs> scary as all get out. And I had to tell him I wasn't going to do it. And my wife came up to me and she said, because the day before she had told me, you can't do this because of what it might do to our, our family and you have kids and we have kids. And, and then she said to me, you know, for the very reason I thought we couldn't do this or shouldn't do this is the reason we need to do this. And that is that we have kids and we know what a childhood is supposed to be. And how can we not, uh, how can we say no to this? 
Uh, so I went in and said yes, very, very cautiously, uh, hesitating. And, and you know what? It was worse than I imagined. Uh, it, it was worse. Uh, but once you saw it, once we saw this and, and, and you recognize how enormous the problem is, it's something you can never walk away from. And so I was, I've been stuck in it ever since. <laughs> so talk to me about um, the transition. When did you decide and why did you decide to leave the official CIA and go out on your own? So what happened was, uh, you know, I started doing a lot of child uh, pornography cases where, you know, you go after the end users and you get these guys behind bars. A lot of these kids that you see in these videos are from overseas and you wonder where are they and, and how could we possibly find them in this, this enormous world? Well, one case I had that changed my life, one of the kids from the videos, we were able to rescue as his captor, an American man uh, named Earl Buchanan uh, from San Bernardino, California, was, was, trans, was uh, smuggling this, this boy back into the United States as he had many other children uh, that he was abusing. And I saw the child from the video. In fact, the, the, the kid ran to me during the, during the investigation and the rescue and jumped into my arms. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this, this is the child from the video. And something happened to me as this child was holding me and hugging me. And, he, and, he, and just, oh, I, I started to sob. And he, he said, I don't belong here. And in that instant, I, I multiplied that pain by about two million. Uh, because I knew the stats that there were about two million children abused this way every year, uh, and so it was just transformative for me. And as the years went on, I recognized if I really want to go find these kids, they are they, truly most of them are outside of the jurisdiction of the United States government. So I, I couldn't really engage to find them. Uh, the 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 um the U.S. government started sending me overseas, but to look for American travelers who were engaging in this crime and 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 find American children, and most of the time I couldn't find them. Uh, you know, in the two weeks I was allotted to go investigate, but I would find these other kids and I would see them being sold in the streets and on the beaches, and I recognized that if I really wanted to go find these lost children of the world, uh, I would need to. Uh, start a private organization where there's no jurisdictional limitations, where we can, you know, be in Thailand on, on Monday and, and Mexico on, on, uh, on Wednesday and back in the U.S., you know, to help a small uh, jurisdiction here. Uh, and so that's what we did. We, we broke away. I put together really a, a dream team of former CIA, former law enforcement, former uh, federal, state law enforcement, military, special forces, Navy SEALs, and, and we launched out. Uh, and began to, uh, uh, to to start bringing our services and bringing the tools and the resources to law enforcement everywhere in the world who needed uh, this assistance, and and that's what's allowed us to to have the success that we that we've seen. So, how did you come up with the name Operation Underground Railroad? Does that have a tie into the history of the Civil War, or how did you it, come up with the name? It, it does. I, I love history. American history has been something that's inspired me. Uh, you know, my entire life. And, and um, I thought, you know, this, uh, I'm inspired by this group of people, the, the, the Underground Railroad, Harriet Tubman and, and Frederick Douglass and, and, and these people that, that um, you know, took it into their own hands and said, you know, we, we are going to go into dark places. We're going to go undercover. Uh, we're going to infiltrate this horrible market of slavery and we're going to liberate the captive. And, and so what an inspiration to me. And so I decided that I should 
uh, you know, we should use that name to, to kind of harken back to, to, to that, uh, to that liberty and, uh, and that inspiration. And, and, uh, and it's, it's been, it's been helpful to us. And it's, it's helped us to share our message with, with the public. We're a nonprofit organization funded by the generosity of people and, and they get it, you know, they, they, because of that name, they understand what we're trying to do. Sir, you know, we have mutual friends, but because they're always engaged in your undercover rescues, I'll, I'll keep their uh, privacy, obviously, way undercover, and, and they'll remain anonymous. But we first met at the premiere of your movie. Tell us about how that movie came about, the title, where people can, can they still get it on Netflix? Can they Google it? Can they buy it? Uh, how, t- tell us about this movie, the name, and uh, and and how it, how it came to fruition. Absolutely. The movie's called The Abolitionist, again, uh, based on, uh, on those people that, that, that sought to abolish uh, slavery, because that's what we are doing, is, is, is abolishing modern-day slavery. People don't recognize this because we, we think that we have uh, eradicated slavery. But there, in truth, there are more people enslaved in the world today than any time in the history of the world. Uh, and so, again, harkening back to our history and making people recognize that this slavery continues, and it's and it's children, and it's trafficking, and it's and it's slave labor, and it's sex slavery. Um, I was actually approached just as we were beginning Operation Underground Railroad. I was approached by uh, the Academy Award-winning uh, producer of Schindler's List and and Jurassic Park, uh, Jerry Mullen, and he told me that he wanted. I served to on a board of di- I served on a board of directors with Gerald Mullen. What a oh, really? Oh my you goodness! Know, he's, what, a, he's, great, what a great man! Oh my gosh! And and he he did something incredible. He he he, he told me that he wanted to follow my my team around and film this. And my my you know my instinct was to say no. I mean this is you don't bring cameras into these undercover operations. It's you know it's counterintuitive to everything an undercover operator believes. But then he said something that changed my mind. He said that when they made Schindler's List, they were shocked at what happened. They were shocked at the response and the movement that it created. And he said the only regret they had was that they were about 50 years too late, that they were making something, they were making the world aware of something that they could no longer do anything about. He said, here's a way where we can actually make the Schindler's List of our day while it's still going on, while the crime is still being committed, while there's still time to take a movement and use it for good to liberate the captive. And I thought to him, you know what, you are right. This, this problem is so big, it's never going to go away if we keep it hidden and secret and if we just rely on, 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 on certain countries or certain agencies, this problem is one of those that's going to require a grassroots movement. It's going to require people to make themselves abolitionists. Not that yes. everyone's going to go undercover and kick down doors, but there's something everyone can do to make this, uh, to, to shine a light so bright on this problem that we are actually, they were able to, to, to make a real difference. And so his, his team came with us and they filmed our first um, Three operations in, in Haiti and in Colombia, and uh, it's it's a pretty moving and stirring movie, I believe, and and and, and shows people how real this is. We're not making this up. These are real children being sold pe- in the black market. Pe- people could go immediately to Netflix and 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 pick it up, or what what do they do? The, it, people people can go to theabolitionists.com or theabolitionistmovie.com, and you can download it right now, right from there. All right. Give us the typical demographic breakdown. What's the, what's the the character? That's a bad word. What is the, 
illustrate what the profile, that's the word I was scrambling for. What's the classic profile of one of these evil bad men who want to engage in sex trafficking? You know, that's it's a great question. It's the hardest question to, to answer because there is none. It's the, the, I, we have arrested professionals. We've arrested, uh, you know, doctors, lawyers, educators. Uh, I mean, it, there, there's no profile uh, because the, the, this, the sex addiction that, that drives this, I mean, you think about there's 2 million children, according to most estimates, 2 million children forced into this uh, commercial sex trade throughout the world. Uh, so you ask yourself, what kind of demand justifies that number? And that's a lot of people. We're talking about millions of men who want to engage in sex with children. It's a, it's a sex uh, demand, you know, it's, 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 a, uh, it's a mental disorder of some sort. It's, a, it's, it's something I haven't been able to fully comprehend what happens, how people get here, but they do. And, and, so it's, and, it's, and it affects anyone who's allowed themselves to become a sex addict. Uh, you know, and, and so it's, it touches everybody. And, and one of the big things we need to do is teach our children to be careful. You know, be careful when, you, when you're online that you don't put, fill your head with, with, with such nasty images that you too, you're, you're, you start becoming addicted to, to, to some of these things that, that lead potentially uh, to, to, to acting out uh, in, in a way that's, that's criminal and you find yourself in jail. So as a parent, I'm a parent, those who, who should care, all of us should care. What advice do you give to young kids to avoid being abducted? What's the classic story of someone kidnapping a child and putting them into sex slavery? How do they find their victims? Where do they pick them up? What are they? Talk to us. There's, there's two answers to that. One, if, if you live in a, in a very impoverished land, and that's where most of the kids are taken, it's usually a luring out. They'll go to the family and say, look, your daughter's too beautiful. Your nine or 10-year-old daughter's too beautiful to be stuck in this situation. Let us, let, let us pay for a scholarship, and she's going to come to our, our, our modeling school, or she's going to come be a nanny for my family. And, you know, and the family's just too willing to, to, to watch this child have an opportunity, and they, they whisk them away into another country. Uh, in the U.S., it's a different uh, usually it's a different uh, approach they take, and it's usually having to do with, with social media and being online. You know, our kids, you know, our, our teenage daughters will have, you know, a thousand friends on Facebook. And, and we adults know that that child, you know, really has maybe five friends. So who, who are the other, you know, uh, who are the other 990 people? I can yeah. guarantee you at least some of them are predators. And that's how they get to our kids. They pretend to be someone they're not. So... It's a, it, it, the key is to teach our children the dangers of the internet, to, to teach them that don't, don't be communicating with anybody. I don't care how cute the picture is they send you. You don't know if, if that's who it is. And we see these cases all the time where kids are, are lured out because they think they're meeting some cute football player, you know, from, from the high school two counties away at, at the local mall. And when they get there, he's not there, but, you know, some, some horrible, you know, 60-year-old man is there to, to snatch them up or, and take them away. We see mm. these cases happen again and again. And so it, it, it's important for, for parents to understand that there's a, 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 the problem is so many parents didn't live as teenagers in the era of the internet. And so they don't really understand the temptations and the, and, and uh, what our kids are faced with online. So we've got to get our nose in their business. And we got to, you know, for, for example, in my home, uh, you know, my, my kids wonder why, why it is at 10 o'clock the Internet stops working in our house. I hope they're not listening because, you know, this is our, little, <laughs> our trade secret. You know, because we, we, we put a filter on where at 10 o'clock it shuts down. You know, 
and 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 uh, or or sometimes you know when my kids get their phones, like we another rule we have is hey, char- the charging station is is my bedroom. You don't get to your phone at certain times because I know that it's that's when the temptation begins. You know, the kids get on their phone, everyone's asleep, they they start checking this, checking that, and pretty soon they're meeting people online, and 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 that's when the danger begins. So it's that's about true. education. I love it. I love it. We're listening to Tim Ballard, who's the owner, operator, founder, visionary, amazing leader of uh, Operation Underground Railroad, single-handedly taking it upon himself with his own resources and inspiring the rest of us to donate our time and our resources to help him stop this sex trafficking epidemic, pandemic that's that's, that's killing our, our kids, that's, that's taking over our, our world. Tim, share a story, share, share a, 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 an adventure where it ended so positively. I, I, my only point of reference is the abolitionist when I saw the actual recovery and the rescue of, of some undercover missions. Um, but because we are on the air, there's no visual. I need you to create some some word pictures and teach us, tell us about one of the daring rescues from Hello to Goodbye on how you found out where these these uh, sex addicts were meeting, what goes into the undercover operation, and uh, the successful rescue. Sure. So one, one case that comes to mind, we, we were, um, uh, we had been given a lead that, um, and in, in, on these little islands off of uh, Cartagena, um, the Americans and other Westerners were traveling to uh, and, and engaging in, in sex with, with children for money. And it was a, an island that was beautiful in the Caribbean, but very little uh, enforcement other than tourist police, which are just there to protect uh, foreigners. And so uh, the uh, prosecutor's office sent us over to the island and said, can you just go pose as an American? for a couple of days and see what happens. So we go pose, we sit on this beach, uh, and I'm not there 30 minutes with hidden cameras and my, and, you know, my sunglasses, bottles of water. We're not there on the beach a half hour before this man who calls himself Fuego rolls up and says, what can I get you guys? He said, I got everything from drugs to girls. And I just asked a simple question. Well, what, you know, tell me about the girls you have. He says, I got everything. And he, t- he, he spoke these words to me like he was selling me a motorcycle or a, or, or a parasailing trip, or, you know, he says, well, I got girls from, from 10 years up to, up to as old as you want. Just like that. And I thought, my gosh, I mean, I had a daughter at the time that was that old and, and she's a baby, you know? And, and I thought this is unbelievable. I said, well, yeah, I, mean, I am interested in, in, in that. Where can I get that? He said, well, you see these houses over here. You can head on over those houses and I'll, I'll hook you up right now. And, you know, I said, no, that's, I don't, I, I want to come back when I have time, when I have, uh, uh, you know, I, I got friends that want to be part of this. I want a big party. And so we, we went back to the prosecutor's office and said, you, you, here's the evidence. You're right. It's happening. And we had Fuego introduce us to his boss, who was on the mainland. And uh, several weeks of negotiation and back and forth, uh, we wanted to learn how they worked their business. Uh, and they, um, of course, was very, you know, closed mouth about how we, how we did it. So we came up with this idea that we said, well, look, we're, we're not just interested in coming to uh, enjoy your, these pro- this, your product. That's what they call it, uh, as horrible as that is. But, uh, you know, we're not just here to enjoy the product for the weekend. We, we actually 
uh, are interested in your business because we want to invest in this. There's a lot of people that, that want this, and if, if you really can provide this, and then the guy, his, his eyes just lit up, and he said, well, I actually have some several acres out on the islands, and I'm trying to build a hotel, but the hotel will actually you know, double as a child brothel. And so we said, well, great, how much do you need? He said about a million dollars. And so we started putting together a business plan. And we said, look, you've got to open up your books. How many kids do you have? And he only had about 12 to 15. And, you know, we told him that that's not enough for us to invest a million dollars. And we knew that this would would inspire him to, to, to reach out or compel him, I should say, to reach out to the other traffickers, his competitors, so they would bring all their kids to make this worth our time. So he brings in two or three other organizations. One of them was a model or a, uh, she was Miss Cartagena in 2011, I believe. Uh, and she was famous in, uh, you know, in, in town. And, and she was, her, her technique was she'd go around and recruit uh, nine and 10 year old girls to come to her modeling school in downtown Cartagena and give them scholarships. And she would teach them how to be models, promising the family that they would be rich and famous one day, just like her. But she would then bring them in, desensitize them, and eventually sell them to, to, to Western men and others who, who would come and, 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 you know, and buy these kids for, the, for money, so, for sex. So, so then we, we end up having this big party that's partly a party, partly a, a business negotiation. They brought 54 victims, most of them children, uh, to uh, our party that we had in, uh, back out on these islands. And that's how we were able to rescue that many in one fell swoop. We, we, we did the deal. They gave us the money. We got their business plan. They wrote it out on paper for us. And we called in the, the, the Colombian uh, police, and they came in and arrested everybody. Uh, and, and it was one of the more successful operations. We, we did all the kids were able to uh, get the rehabilitation they needed. We we were luckily able to save some of the kids who have never been abused before uh, because they told us that we're still grooming some. And so they're not ready for the party. Of course, we wouldn't be able to identify who they were. So we said, look, as your business partners, we want to see who those kids are bringing. We won't touch them because they're not ready, but bring them so we can see who they are and see what we can, you know, what, what the future holds. And so we were able to get those kids out as well before they were actually you know, sexually abused. So it was a very, very successful case and kind of gives, gives you a glimpse into how, how we can work and how we can operate. So how do we get involved? How do we support you? We would love people to just check out our website, uh, OURrescue.org. And we are a nonprofit, but it's not just about, uh, you know, giving monetary donations. Uh, there's a lot of things people can do to get involved. There's a, there's a tab on our website called Join the Fight. And uh, you know, there's there's things ranging from helping with, with aftercare and putting together aftercare kits that we can take to our survivors. You know, the, the, the longer we're in existence, the more kids we keep rescuing, and we take care of them. We, we go back to these kids. We see them. We continue to provide them with, with what they need. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, we, we ask people to get involved in any way they can. Sometimes, some people are writers or bloggers, and they, they, they can just bring awareness to the problem. Uh, maybe there's another organization out there that they want to attach themselves to. That's fine. We, we don't care. We just want people to get involved and really create a movement that can put an end to this pandemic once and for all. You're so amazing. You know, I don't know how you say Mother Teresa in Spanish and, and make it male dominant, but you're pretty amazing, brother. <laughs> you're so you're kind. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. And our mutual friends, you know, they they sing your praises. I'm always curious about what people say behind our backs. And uh, 
I'll tell you what, brother, you are one superstar. Um, Thank you so much. So 670 victims so far and 280 traffickers arrested around the world so far, and the number is continuing on. Where do you where do you see yourself in the next uh, you know the next one minute here as we as we wind down? Where do you want to be five years from now, brother? Physically, right now, mentally, spiritually, socially, and with Operation Underground, your whole life. Oh. I, you're so inspiring to be the whole man, the real man, velvet, velvet and steel. A real man is velvet and steel. Tim Ballard is velvet and steel. Inspire us as we get as we go off the air here. You know, we like to, we're in 12 countries right now. We we'd like to be in 24 countries by the end of the year, and and continuing to to feed these law enforcement agencies the tools they need because we've seen that when they start when law enforcement agencies start attacking this problem regularly with regular hits and regular rescues, that's when you create this deterrent effect, and and you start rescuing kids that will never know they needed rescuing. They never knew they were rescued because their captors were put away and they never got hurt in the first place. That's our goal is to eradicate it through laying a blanket of deterrence. And you, the only way to do that is to show the world that there's consequences. There's consequences for doing this to children. And our goal is to make that deterrent so far and so wide that we, we literally just put an end to it. People stop entering this black market because the obstacles are too high. Sex travelers stop, stop traveling. Sex traffickers stop trafficking. And we protect these kids. I love it. My guest is Tim Ballard. How do we get a hold of you again to get in, involved? It's OURrescue.org or just Google Operation Underground Railroad. Uh, that's my uh, guest, Tim Ballard. I love you, brother. I honor you. I can't wait to see you again at one of our mutual friends' pool parties. And uh, Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, the last picture I had with you, I almost passed out sucking my gut in that long, waiting for the camera to uh, <laughs> to work. So I'm going to start working on my physicality. Anyway... I'll say goodbye to you and just wind down my show here in the next uh, 30 seconds. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, sir. Thanks for those You bet, your brother. So that's my show today. Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, Influencers Channel. And uh, I want you listeners to start phoning in. Can you imagine the questions that could have been answered by Tim Nichols, the Grammy Award-winning songwriter, by Clayton Mask, the founder of and CEO of Infusionsoft, making sure that we know how to follow up as a small business professional, and my last guest, Tim Ballard. My website is danclark.com. I really want you to keep in touch. Truly, we become the average of the five people we associate with the most, not just in person, belly to belly, but obviously online, in our radio shows, and in our internet involvement and interaction. DanClark.com. Go on, push the, the click on the blue button that says receive free gifts and training. Join my tribe. And let's keep in touch until next week. Again, this is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com. The program is called The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success. And that's what this show has been about today. I'll see you next week. God bless. Remember our troops in your prayers. And you have a great seven days. Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success.